0: Welcome to the Open House Podcast with James Tatum. This podcast is about conversations that we have in the gym. So today I got Tyree, George, and Zach. What's up, guys?
1: Hey, how's it going, coach? How you doing?
0: Hola, everyone. Pretty good. Not
2: much, not much.
0: Yeah, so we're going to start this one off uh, pretty pretty hard. Um, we got a cheater in USA weightlifting. Can't believe it everybody knew he was going to get popped i can't oh, believe he man. did kaiser wit he has popped yeah he's he done for hot yeah <laughs> yeah there's no easing into it just yeah yeah i can't believe it a uh, dirty cheater you know getting popped
3: if you didn't know usaw was gonna let you know what their post so you found out
0: yeah uh so kaiser Witt is a uh, super heavyweight for the united states and he's he's pretty good um I can't think of his best numbers, but he's like a 180 snatch, you know, 210 clean and jerk. Or I think like, he I snatched
3: know. 90 in training once. I think that was the the big like, oh, wow, left early yeah. on. He hit it early on. and hasn't done it since, I believe. I think
1: he just on. hit it at uh, finals, didn't
3: he? Did he hit 90?
1: I'm pretty yeah, sure, I yeah. Like he
0: broke 400 in the total. I barely yeah. remember. So that's a pretty good total. There's only a few supers that have broken 400. Um, you know, Kane, Shane, and, um, you know what, I'm not sure if, um, some of those other supers broke it, you know, I think Mark Henry did. Um, but either way, Mm -hmm. he's a pretty good, super heavyweight breaking 400 kilos in the total. Um, there's Shane Mayer. I don't know if he broke it either or he he might've, uh, but pretty much Kaiser, he, uh, he got popped in competition for THC. For marijuana. Um, so he this isn't like a we're not really talking shit about Kaiser, in case anybody's really wondering. Um, it's kind of a silly thing to get popped for. Um but I guess it's kind of uh started a conversation because USAW announced it and uh, they put this whole thing and they uh, they they made their announcement and they turned commenting off on that post, by the way. Which they um, love to do. Yeah, anything that's like uh, gonna start a conversation. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, right. They they turn the comments off. They just don't want to hear anyone else's opinion. They have their opinion. Uh, so maybe that's the real story here. Mm, everybody's yeah. entitled to their own wrong opinion. Got it. <laughs> uh, so USA weightlifting posted, and they're like, "Oh yeah, Kaiser popped," and we agree with USADA <laughs> and WADA and all that stuff, but this is a rule that needs to be addressed. And what do they say? Um, Kaiser is the latest athlete to have his Olympic dreams taken away at the hands of an antiquated rule by a system that should be more focused on catching intentional dopers and standing up to state sponsored doping programs. USA weightlifting will continue to fight for clean weightlifting platform and a more effective anti-doping system. So what do you guys think about this? I have a couple
3: issues with that because Kaiser's not the first good athlete to pop. So I don't know why now all of a sudden they want to stand up for this rule. You could have stood up three years ago when it happened to someone else and they didn't. And while we can agree that it's kind of a dumb rule, right? It wasn't like he got popped with Like, Okay. They said he had, you had THC in his system. Cool. My thing is, even no matter how dumb the rule is, you know what the rule is. And when you do it, you you broke the rule. Like, yeah, it was dumb. But there are a lot of things. There are tons of things right now that aren't illegal that, James, you're not going to let your kids do. Like, it, they know they can't do that, so they can't do that. They can't go downstairs in the middle of the night at 1 in the morning to eat some Cheetos. That's probably a problem. Yeah, it's not against the, the, the law. Serious, so. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> no, something, something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I mean, these little I mean, worthless things that we just tell people for – Tons of reasons that they can't do. Your kids can't go grab that in the middle of the night. That'd yeah, be a problem. Kids
0: are not going to be banned from the kitchen if they do that.
3: Right. Like it's, so when we know the rule, like it is what it is, and then we just have to address it. So for them to come out like, oh, well, we know this is a rule. We can't believe it's a rule. Well, You should have said something earlier if you didn't like the rule.
2: Well, it's like you said, Tari, uh, three years ago, it happened. Guy didn't get defended. Um but it's been about in the last three years where the rules on THC at all levels of competition and all sports has changed a lot. Um, MLB, M- NBA, NH- NHL, you look at it, it's changed within the last three years. They've been very lenient on it. I think it's a rule of the past that we've just kind of been stuck on. Um, I think it's something that needs to be reviewed heavily and changed. Um, because, I mean, these athletes could be living in the states where it's completely illegal, where it is legal to use, um, but they're getting popped. So it's, it's like a, to me, it's like a double standard thing for to them.
1: I don't necessarily think it's a bad rule because out of competition, you're fine, as long as it's not above a certain level when you're in competition. Because you got to think about, like, we have to stick to standards that can be applied across the whole world, just not in the U.S. So that's where it gets a little a little harder to um, say that it's a bad rule or a good rule because some countries is completely illegal.
0: Yeah. Was it the Philippines? Like you pretty much go into prison. If you mm-hmm. get uh, any weed, um, well, Russia, you go to prison too. So know you know.
3: <laughs> America found that out too, didn't it?
0: I mean, when you're, when you're in possession, I mean, that's <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: possession. <laughs> possession and previous use are two different things. To uh, touche. <laughs> yeah. touche. Mm-hmm
0: hmm. Yeah.
3: hey guys, that that whole conversation that we had right before we started, I'm, I'm about to throw that out the window because I just have a problem with USAW as a whole. Tons of problems with them. So they nitpick when they want to be mad at people. They nitpick when they give a damn about a topic. So USAW is just full of shit. And at, with everything they do, this is just another example. Now, all of a sudden, they want to stand up and be mad about it because it's Kaiser. You didn't give a damn three years ago. So it depends on who the athlete is, first of all. And second, for you to act like you care about the, the drug testing, also crap because USAW knowingly sent somebody to worlds so that they knew it popped. So, I don't care what USAW has to say about drug testing or USADA, WADA, none of that. USAW's full of shit,
0: they've been full of shit. Uh, so this one did come directly from uh, the new CEO. So, three years ago, it was a different CEO, we had um. Phil Andrews. So I don't know if that makes a little bit of sense. I'm just playing devil's advocate here for you. So maybe the That's new fair. CEO uh, Matt Sicko, Um and I was surprised to see that it was very clearly said in that post that they made mm. that like this came from uh, the CEO new CEO Matt Sicko. Yeah. yeah. I will say uh, that they did, they did make sure that they said that on the post. Yeah so I don't know maybe they see that a little bit of inaccuracy there not standing up for some of the other athletes. Um,
3: but Uh, How long does it take to get the positive test back again Mm -hmm. with USADA? Uh,
0: So USADA, you're probably looking at two weeks.
3: Okay, right. Like, that's what I thought. So that's also why I don't care what USAW has to say, because after they sent Ian Wilson to Worlds, they say, oh, he popped on a test that he took a month and a half before we sent him to Worlds but you just forgot to say something and let him go to worlds or did they send him and wanted to see how he placed and then decided to pop him after he didn't place so it's it's funny how righteous USAW wants to be right now that's that's not who they are they're just full of shit
0: yeah i uh i don't know if they have any control once Usada has a test in their possession i think they have the, the way that USAW has control over drug testing is they get to choose to tell USADA about which athletes. Um, and I think that's kind of where that unethical thing of USAW comes in is where some athletes won't get tested that much when they're clearly much better than someone else. Like one person will get tested twice and another person will get tested 12 times. And that's where they I think they have their power to Kind of skirt that Usada thing. Um, there are a couple other things with Usada that, um, like, if he contested it, I don't know if he's still allowed to like legally not be banned while he's in contests while he's contesting, like his A sample. Like if they said, "Hey, your A sample came back as this," and then maybe Ian was like, "No, uh, test my B sample."
3: And you said with Usada or Wada?
0: That was with Usada.
3: Oh, okay. I don't know about USADA because that was another thing that was an issue with WADA because somebody would test positive. They would say they want their B sample tested. They would allow them to continue to compete. And then when they popped on their B sample, they would say, well, we had already popped on your A sample. We'll count that time as your down period, even though they were still competing. That happened with two athletes. One was a smaller Uzbek lifter. And I don't remember who the other one was because that came out with the whole Thomas Ion stuff, where they allowed him to compete, but they also started the clock on his ban until they tested the B sample, and they waited ten months to test the B sample. Yeah, so,
0: that's pretty. That's pretty sneaky, right? <laughs> yeah, I think USADA probably follows the same guidelines as WADA, so I imagine that that's what they do. But I'm I'm not certain on that. Um, but Matt sicko, I don't think I'm saying his name right. We're going to have to talk to somebody from USA Weightlifting. The new CEO I was happy when you said
3: that because I didn't know how to pronounce it either. So I was just going with that too. I'm like, oh, well, that's how you say it. Okay.
0: I, I don't know. CTO? C- 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 um CTO? C- I don't know. But um, yeah, he uh, was the CEO of USADA before he came to USA Weightlifting. So I'm sure he knows um Mm -hmm. and maybe that's kind of where this is at maybe he sees that usa way that things being stupid with this rule but uh yeah like you said george it's it's kind of hard to um make that consistent across all countries you know because you know some countries they really uh are anti-marijuana um but i don't know it still shouldn't make a big difference if They change the levels. I think that was the thing too, is that the levels of THC. So the idea is you don't want to be high in competition. So you show up to do competition and you're snatching and you're high. Um, You know, that's a safety concern, you know? So that's the reason why it's banned, at least in my mind, that's what I assume um, in competition and not out of competition, but the levels that they test for in competition are levels that are so low that it wouldn't be like, you know, that level isn't going to make you high. Um, So, I don't know. That just seems to be the the latest thing, you know. A new new, uh, drug testing issue coming up now. There was a girl in track that got popped like a week before the 2021 Olympics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was a Texas student. Yeah. And she was just like, ah, eh, whatever. I'm good. Right. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. just didn't care. Uh, cause she was like, oh yeah, I just smoked some the night before competition, <laughs> you know, yeah. Cares? Yeah. Um, yeah, she was quite unapologetic. Um, the backlash from that was wild, but she really was like, ah, eh, yeah, I did it. Oh yeah. That was kind of weird. That backlash people's opinions on weed is, uh, It's very strong.
3: Yeah, I just... Do I think the rule is dumb? Yes. If somebody wants to get high before they lift, okay. But I mean, whether you agree with it or not, the rule says they can't do it. So just don't do it before. I've told my friends this about the NFL Combine. When guys test positive at the Combine, you deserve to never get a job a day in your life. Because you know they're going to test you on April 15th. And if you can't help it that day, the day before, and you still test positive, that's a whole other issue. You're walking into a job interview where you're guaranteed a half a million dollars. And all they say is don't test positive and run around at this combine. And they're like, oh, I can't do it. I, I, I got to smoke some. Now we got a whole nother issue, my man. Like that's when you know you're going to get tested. The surprise test. Okay, that's a little different. Even with Kaiser way, like he wasn't for sure. Like you don't know for certain that they're going to test you at every meet but when you know they're going to test you and you still test positive i have an issue with that like you know that yeah,
0: if you're going to win they'll, they'll test you pretty much every meet and he definitely yeah, had he's going to win ability to win yeah um how often do people get tested like or how often do they uh fail the test at combine is that like common thing
3: you know you're going to have some every year. I I can't come up with a percentage. I that I wouldn't know. I'd just be saying a random number if I said. But you're not going to hear without people testing positive. Yeah, you're gonna. Yeah, someone's going
2: to test positive. I mean, it's a bunch of college students showing up. Someone's going to make a dumb decision, thinking they're the exception to the rule, and get away with it. And it's going to happen. I just like Tyree said. There's no percentage that's known.
0: Yeah, you know, there's this stuff called uh, easy pass. <laughs> that I've been saying, I guess you can buy it at a gas station. This isn't gonna help you in your drug testing like you saw it because they actually watch you pee, but if you people are uh like going and taking work drug tests and probably like sport uh you know drug tests where somebody's not watching them pee and uh I guess they got little hand warmers and they warm up the pee and you you use that pee and you go in the sample room and um they just use that as their uh, their drug testing pee to to pass um, but that would never work in USADA. man they uh they are watching like hawks they know every uh male athlete's penis size you know, they're they, they, they're watching they uh they uh, they don't let that uh, go by quick um, yeah so the the other thing too some people do is they uh would drain their bladder and then they would um inject with a syringe clean urine when they saw usada coming in into their bladder mm. man that would hurt mm, yeah uh, yeah just going i don't know i guess they go through the abdominal wall or something <sighs> and they just inject clean urine um Boy. Yeah, yeah, that's a little, people, people are crazy.
3: Uh, that's extreme.
0: Yeah, well, well, hold on now. <laughs>
3: no, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely extreme for like, George, when you got tested, if you would have done that, I would have had a whole bunch to say to you. That would have been dumb. like yeah. But if you're winning, like, think about other countries. I immediately thought of other countries. Other countries where this is their life, and this is how they're feeding their, the North Korean lifters, I could understand it. I could understand the north korean lifter saying all right i'm gonna take a little shot real quick and then we're gonna pass this drug test so i don't get banned and my family doesn't get shot like i can understand north korea
1: but what about like blood tests when they test for blood too so i'm sure they test for different different things when they do urine versus blood um do you guys know which would be in each test or do they kind of test the similar things Hmm.
0: i thought that there was like i Drug testing has uh, improved, I think, or not improved. Maybe they've changed their methods since I was kind of more aware of it. But I thought the blood test was like they needed three different samples of blood tests to kind of get like a baseline. Um, and so then with that, they're just looking for like large changes in like hormone levels because they, they can't really test for growth hormone. But they can see like, oh, that is an unnatural spike of growth hormone that doesn't just happen naturally. you know some people some person might just have a lot of growth hormone naturally, but if all of a sudden it shoots up like crazy, I think the blood tests will show that um but I'm sure it's i mean that's just one example I'm sure it's much more complex than just growth hormone um, I don't know if blood tests like if that'll catch like. Yeah, I'm not sure. That'd be interesting to talk to, like, somebody uh, from USADA. They, you know, actually, never mind. You talk to someone from USADA, you're never gonna get a straight answer. <laughs> uh, you know, they're gonna give you the PC stuff. You know, that's the annoying thing. Is you um, you can't really ask straight up questions. It's like that uh, that documentary Icarus. Yeah, the guy actually wanted like straight up answers to some of his questions, so he went to the Russian guy, and then yeah, the right. Russian guy just gave it to him straight u s a guys like they would never tell you straight up for fear of you know whatever um repercussions come against it, but the Russian guy I forget his name in that movie Icarus was just like, oh yeah, this is how you cheat this yeah. is how you this is how you win this these are the drugs you need to take if you want to win you know i'm I'm part of uh russian anti doping agency but um I know exactly what to do to make you win your bicycle race because that's how that movie started out. So, uh,
3: And then they almost killed him.
0: Yeah. That's a really good documentary if you haven't watched it. That was really good. Yeah. I just recommended that to someone else the other day. It's definitely one of the good ones.
3: Where's
1: this movie at? I haven't seen it. Is it Netflix, Sulu, what? Netflix.
0: Yeah, Netflix. Netflix. Icarus. Okay. Um, so Icarus, I think, is the name of the I forget it. It's like the Greek thing. Um, it's the Greek story about the son and the dad and they're in prison and, uh, they make wings out of candle wax and feathers from their pillows. And then they jump out of the tower and fly away and escape. Um, and I think the son's name is Icarus and, uh, The dad tells him to be careful, don't fly too high and don't fly too low. You go too low, your wings get wet and they get heavy and you can't fly anymore. You go too high, you're too close to the sun and the wax will melt. Um, And the sun was just like, fuck it, I'm going all out. And he flies up near the sun. And uh, that's kind of the idea of what Russia did. They were like, fuck it, we're going all out. We're flying close to the sun. We're going to dig a hole underneath the testing agency and make all of our athletes um have you seen his I was clean I oh man it. this
3: is great i when it dropped i saw like the day that it came out it's good go yeah. yes you two need to watch that tonight when we finish this go watch it
0: well don't interfere with your sleep because sleep is important but, uh, <laughs> there goes the coach there he goes yeah, all right I sleep, uh, tyree
3: i sleep eight to ten hours i don't know <laughs> I just, no yeah if i eight eight is a good day not that i don't have the time i just wake up like i I'll get six and a half, seven, and then I'm just wide awake. Every once in a while, I might sleep eight, but I don't feel any better. I just, I'm normally up before my alarm clock. I try to go to bed earlier, and then I still just pop up.
2: I get about seven to eight. Probably not. I probably, I think I'd rather like to have like eight, nine, ten, but seven, Ooh. to eight, I, and it works fine for me personally. Getting seven to eight. I wake up in the morning. I'm like you, like e. Tyree. I wake up like once I'm up, I'm up. Like there's no going yeah. back to sleep. Maybe six hours, I'm just gonna be wide
3: awake. I can think of one person who I I literally thought something was wrong. I was like, man, they're they must have had something happen to them. I just hear excuses they're, right now.
1: You guys could sleep no. eight hours if you wanted to. Or ten. No. I, no. Yeah, better routine, get your circadian rhythm under control, you know. You could get there. It's like a PR in the snatch, you know, you don't just wake up and go snatch a PR every day. You gotta work to it, so Sleep the same way.
3: Do you remember how long I, I worked for that one kilo? It's still, it takes a minute for me. <laughs> I man, I fought forever for that damn one kilo.
1: Well, if you had yeah, 10 hours of sleep, you'd probably kilo every week. Just saying.
3: <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish. I would knock myself out every night. Yeah, right, if I could get a kilo it. every six months, kilo every six months, that's amazing progress. A kilo every six months, I'd be set.
0: Yeah, you should try it. See what happens. (laughs) Do it like a full uh, a full try to get a full month of getting over eight hours of sleep a night and see what happens.
3: Mm, See, and I have the time for that because my alarm goes off at 705. And I'm normally in bed around 10. But I just alarms up at 705. I'm probably up at six. Just yeah up. so
1: get in bed at nine then
3: yeah we'll, we'll see how this goes we, we, yeah we'll, <laughs> i will report into the group you guys will find out and for those yeah. listening you'll now you'll understand why it's in the group
0: you'll, you'll see i get a, i get about eight hours of sleep um travis cooper used to get like 14 hours of sleep if not more
3: I knew I mean, one person got eleven half. and a half the other day. They got eleven and a half, and I didn't believe it until I saw their whoop. Like they were out for eleven and a half hours. I I can't imagine that.
2: Speaking of sleeper training, um, what I was talking about earlier in the week um with the Bulgarians in the late 80s. I'm curious to know how much they slept because uh I think his name is Botev, whoever the top super was that they had. Yeah, he was saying like you would train in the morning and he's like, You basically eat, go to sleep. And then you train in the middle of the day, eat, go to sleep. And then it, it was rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. And so I, I am curious about how much sleep they'd get because the coach even told him like if you can stand but you if you're standing but you can sit down, sit down. If you can lay down, lay but down, you're sitting. Down. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know, I'd like to think they probably got up towards like 12, 14 at least on average of sleep.
1: I don't know, though, because when you're training more and training often like that, it's hard to relax. Your body's in a constant state of just kind of feeling tense. So like when I'm doing like a heavy two days and we're in that high volume week, like the second week of each training cycle or the fourth week, it takes me forever to fall asleep just because my legs are so tense and everything else just aches. So I kind of like have to roll around, try to find a comfortable spot. So I don't right. know if they're getting that much sleep because they're training freaking max effort in the morning. Afternoon, yeah. Well, it was evening, every,
2: like, every lift is max effort.
1: Yes. I don't know. Hmm.
3: Falling asleep for me is easy. Staying asleep is the issue. So even no matter what part of the cycle we're on, whether it's first, second, the week doesn't matter. I can always fall asleep, but staying asleep until the alarm is the part where I don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting to hear the perspective of like sleep experts. Um, when you wake up, what time do you wake up? Like, uh, if you wake up in the middle of the night, Tyree? Three. Three. So I, I've heard this before, um, is that, uh, you know, usually at 3 o'clock is when your liver is kind of uh, the most active. So hmm. if you do some stuff to, like, support your liver, it kind of helps you sleep through that 3 o'clock uh, time. And there's, like, different times. I think it's, like, 5 o'clock is when you're – your heart's a little bit more active, which is normal where most people wake up, you know, five to six in the morning. Hmm. Um, and then there's, um, there's a couple different things. So then there's like a, you know, you take some, you you quit drinking or you uh, do some stuff to improve your, you know, help your liver. Liver support is what I'm looking for, geez. Uh, and you see if that helps. And then you sleep through three o'clock. Um, of neat stuff and then there's other things there's like different uh different magnesiums that you can take that uh like different chelates of magnesium whether you helps you fall asleep or helps with restless leg syndrome or um for george over there and then uh different ones that are like for like keeping you asleep but so there's a lot of different things you can do you just got to kind of look out and kind of see uh what some of these options are and then you just got to try them and if they work, they work. If they don't, they don't work. That's all right. At least you're trying stuff.
1: Yeah. I've heard about the L-theanine for helping like stay asleep. Um, I forgot who mentioned it, but i seen it on social media and I tried it. It actually helped me stay asleep too. But also there's that book. um, I don't know if you guys heard of why we sleep by Matthew Walker. Um, I haven't read it personally, but they were talking about a lot at that strength conference I went to in Charlotte. Everyone was talking about that book, about understanding the process of actually sleeping and how to actually get like good circadian rhythm going. So I know that book may be another thing worth checking out. I definitely have it on my list. I'm going to order it eventually.
0: Yeah, I'll have to put that on my list too. Why We Sleep. Um, You know what I was going to do? I was going to get one of those uh, subscriptions to audiobooks on Amazon. I don't have to listen to that. I tried reading Relentless by Tim uh, Glover mm-hmm. and uh, I just couldn't get through it. The guy was just yelling at me. Maybe it would be better mm-hmm. if I listened to it. Uh,
1: yeah. That book made I, me feel I like lie. I could run through a wall. Not going to lie. I was like, it's like a football coach mentality though. The way, the way you wrote the book, like it's like, you got a football coach yelling at you. So it gets, it got me fired up
0: though. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, uh, I mean, I guess there's value to that. So, you know, that, uh, there's, it's interesting because, you know, you read something like from like James Clear and it's all about habits and, uh, you know, you get the habit of training in this and that and that, uh, you know, small steps, small daily improvements lead to large, like big things in the long run. Uh, and then on the other side of that, if you're an athlete, you know, you want these small daily habits, but you also want to do them pretty intensely because you're trying to be better than everyone else you're not trying to just like show improvement you're trying to be improving and improving better than everyone else so it's like you have to have these habits uh, like stuff from James Clear but then you have to be kind of intense too with everything that you do and you know you know you got a habit of training you know James Clear talks about like oh even if it's just putting on your weightlifting shoes and like sitting in the gym That's the start of the habit. Even if you can't actually do anything, you know, that's the start. You're putting on your shoes and you're making it in the gym. And so one thing, yeah, that's better than somebody that didn't even make it into the gym. So that's an improvement. But if you want to be really good at weightlifting and you just did that, you know, that's, you know, you got to do that and you got to be intense in training. You got to have a lot more uh, uh, focused, uh, a focused approach to get you know to be the best to make it on the podium so you have to uh, have your habits down and then you go read this tim glover book and then you get all fired up and then you start attacking your goals with some uh with some aggression with some intensity so i think there's a value to that book um even though i haven't even finished it yet um i'll get around to finishing it it's on my nightstand but
1: yeah, I read it in the mornings. Um if I read that at night, I probably wouldn't go to sleep. I'd be like, all right, I gotta go back to the gym and train again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's definitely up. what he would in-
2: promote. <laughs> waking up James in the middle of the night. <laughs> Who's in my garage?
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess they're training hard. i will go back to sleep. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Uh You know, what's funny is that uh, that's another thing that goes back to, uh, you know, I've mentioned Travis already a few times in this one, but when he was in college and he trained out of CrossFit Atlanta and, uh, he used to be like the weightlifting coach there. So he just had a key to CrossFit Atlanta. And back then they were a little bit more like, I guess they were a little bit more hardcore (laughs) because they were trying to like get games athletes. They didn't really care about memberships and stuff. Um, So Travis used to say that they used to like go down there at like 11 o'clock at night and just train for three hours until like two in the morning Uh, because like that's when they would have time to train. And he just lived with another guy that was a weightlifter too. And uh, they would just go down there and train hard in the middle of the night and in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, it seemed, seemed kind of crazy, but. I've seen some people that do that. Like I,
3: I, well, I've seen one person on Instagram that they talk about it, which is how I know about how they have to go to the gym sometimes at midnight. Cause that's just the only time they can get it in. And they're there for an hour and a half, two hours. I guess if that's the only way you can get it in, but I couldn't imagine that would be rough for me.
1: I don't know. Didn't you guys at muscle driver do 80% lifts like every hour on the hour for like a whole week or a month or something like that? I think I heard on a podcast one time. Mm,
0: uh, uh... We did that for, the first time we did it, we did it for one day, and then we did it for two days, and then we did it for three days. But we spread those times up uh, out by like a couple weeks. Um, So we did it, and then we would see how we responded. And then we did it, and we did it two days in a row, and we see how we responded. Uh, And it wasn't quite 80%, so like the first session was pretty light. And then it wasn't every hour. It was every like 30 minutes. Um, cause we did it like 16 times. So we did it for like over eight hours. I think that's where the eight, um, yeah. but, uh, so we would pick two exercises and we would cycle out between, you know, s- snatch, clean and jerk and front squat. Um, I think that was just those three and we would only do two and one of them would be a little lighter and the other one would be, you know, 75 or 80%. And then during the middle of the day, kind of following that cr- circadian rhythm, we worked up to like 90% on one of them. Um, And then we went a little bit lighter. And then the next session, we would would work up to 90% on the other one and then a little bit lighter. And then the third one would be like 90% on front squat. And then near the end of the day, we would kind of bring those percentages back down. I don't remember the exact numbers, but most most of the reps were probably around 75%, more so than 80%. But we did kind of, go above that 80% into like one one ninety percent for each of them. But probably most of them were 75%. And you said this was over an eight hour time span. Yep. And we would train every 30 minutes and we'd worked, we would just work up to whatever the percentage is and then stop, you know, work up. So the first session might be snatch and clean and jerk work up to 60%. And then like that would take 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And then so 15 or 20 minutes later, we would work up again on um, snatch and front squat to a little bit higher. And then next we would do clean and jerk and front squat. And then, you know, so we would kind of like go back and forth with them. Um, and I did not do well on it. It just destroyed me. Um, but Mike Zella did really well on that program. And um, I think Travis did Okay. This George makes me loved it. <laughs> <laughs> George
3: would have loved it. That's why he listened to it. George was just, oh man, you were hurting to do it, weren't you? 90% every 39 <laughs> That's this man. Hey, it would have and he would have done it. That's the problem. He would have got away with it. There's no way I feel like I would have crashed and George would have been thriving.
2: Dude, yeah. George doesn't care, man. When I train up him, like he'll just be like, all right, we're gonna take this 10 kilo jump. And I'm like, bro, like your numbers are higher than mine, man. Like <laughs>
3: I've told hey. people here at at West Virginia about when we were in your garage, James, when I came back for, I guess it was winter break, and we were snatching, it was the snatch complex where it started with the power snatch. And I didn't have a good day, but like, it wasn't a bad, bad day, just eh. And we worked up, George missed, all right, I'm gonna go back down work back up. Well, I missed too, I'm like, all right, we'll work back up. So we worked back up again, and I missed again, I'm like, all right, I, I think that's it. George worked up a little more, missed. Fuck it, I'm going to go back down and work back up again. And he did. And then he missed, went down one more time, like only five kills this time, hit it, and then went for a PR. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how? How? And I'm just looking at James. I'm like, man, I don't have this. Like, I I can't take 50 pulls at this. I'll never forget it. He missed, because you missed one, you worked up, had like an ugly 105, missed 110, went back down to like 100, worked up hit 107 again or something, missed 110, went down to 90 and worked back up, and you end up hitting the 110. And then you wanted to try 12, and I'm like, I I can't do this. I'm out. I sat there wrapping up my wrists for 20 minutes waiting for jerks because I was not about to take another snatch of 10. George never told you his favorite game as a kid? Nine hours. of (laughs) Shoots and ladders. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Like this, man.
3: Like that was the best example. I was like, "This work. This is a work capacity I've never seen. This is something I just can't do."
1: Yeah, that was dangerous for me in Washington because I would train in Washington. I didn't have James there, so I didn't have anyone watching me. And I, um, I would train like that pretty often, which is probably why i tweaked my bicep. And you would also day. program that too.
2: Program shoes and ladders.
3: Oh man. Uh, so you oh shout out to Ilya back in the day. All right, we're gonna work up, go back down, do it again. Take
2: all five kilos, do it again.
3: So now I have do J-
2: stuff like every Saturday, man. Like
3: Oh man. Hey James will throw it in there too. it's not just you, George. James will throw it in there. I bet you it wasn't as many waves as you would like, but James will throw that in there for you.
0: Yeah, we should put you and ladders in again soon. I like those.
3: Yeah, those are fun. I, I do too. I, when I see shoots and ladders, I take it completely different than how George does, though. Because when I see it, I'm like, okay, I, I, I count the reps. I'm like, all right, cool. If we hit all these, we're going to earn the right to take attempt, an attempt at 98%. George is making massive jumps. Like, we're going to take a PR at number six. And if we make it, we're going to try to snatch our clean and jerk at number 12. Like, no, <laughs> no, that's not how it goes. I would stick with these two to three kilo jumps like it was originally programmed. And then here George is making five and 10 kilo jumps on shoots and ladders when we have 12 reps programmed. I'm like, I, I can't do it. I, you can have it, man.
0: Yeah. Well, you got to set yourself up for success. <laughs>
1: that way, if you don't PR, you get like 10 reps at 90% at
3: least. Right. Well, right. We <laughs> we used to get that before you even were. James, We or George, we were doing shoots and ladders before you came to Howe. So when we would get it before, we'd make our two and three kilo jumps. I'm like, cool, it's a really good day. Get a bunch of reps in and I might get around 98%. That's a good Saturday. And then you showed up. And you're like, oh, we're going to PR a minute four. And if we miss, we'll go down. We still have eight reps left to work back up to another PR attempt. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, man, I've never viewed that program like that. I never even thought about it like that. And then here you go.
2: (laughs) That's that glass half full
0: mentality right there. It sure is. yeah this is uh this is a good example of uh why uh different styles of programming work for different types of athletes <laughs> uh, just how you interpret things yeah um, yeah that's interesting uh so as a coach, you could take a lot of good information out of that
1: yeah I'm not gonna lie that um last day that we had the triple I think it was um what two weeks ago maybe or three the weeks snatch ago triple
3: yeah the snatch triple at eighty percent. And then I, I, I I'm going to say the triples where you <laughs> and I, because this is where people forget. If pe- we have the same snatch. So, like, I know what number you're supposed to do. And I hey, also know hey, that I'm rounding up. I
1: have 127 now. One kilo. Of both. Okay. okay. Uh, good. Okay. So I so need my credit, 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 right? I need my credit. My best snatch, is, 100,
3: my best snatch yeah. is 126 kilos. George's is 127. But I've been taking my percentages off of 128. So, 128 told me to snatch 103 for triples that day. And I look up. In these two, I I thought Zach was going to go above me. I knew it, but I didn't expect him to ball out like he did. I didn't even have to worry about George. I knew he didn't read the program at all. All he read was snatch triple and close the app. I knew it. I'm like, man, like I feel good Dude, about my 103-2. I it thought was that nice, said worked out to be triple.
1: No. It, <laughs> I got humbled in my own way, though. So I may have balled out that day and got a PR triple. But I looked at James, and I'm like, all right, um, my best is 112 so far. James is laughs and he goes, 112. That's a joke. And I was like, should I go 115 or 113? And he's like, you should take 113. You know, get the PR, save it. We're getting close to competition. And then I go up there, the first snatch at 113, I miss it, just being lazy. It was hilarious. I look at James, and I just start laughing. James is like, what the fuck was
3: that? (laughs) Yeah, I told somebody about about that James mentality last week. Um, They were doing it with squats, but James wasn't at finals. And after I made the one, I took 124 on the platform, right? Was it 23 or 24? No, I opened it. I went, I think it was 20, 24, 26. And after I took 24 in my head, I was like, go to 28. You can make it you can make 28. Just go straight to 28. And I, and Guy probably would have let me if I asked him to. And I'm sitting there, I really wanted 28. And in the back of my head, I could hear James, take the kilo PR, take the PR, and that's exactly, I just told him, give me 126, and I'll take it. And in the air, as I was transitioning under 26, I was like, damn it, you could have hit 28. You could have done it, you could have hit it, because it felt so much better than I expected. In the air, I was like, you could have hit 28. But, I took the PR and somebody was loading up squats for it was a it was a rep PR and she wanted to go for it was actually 128 she wanted to go for 28 but she should have done 27 or something so hey just take the PR 27 would have been a PR so take the kilo PR you'd rather make the kilo PR than miss taking a bigger jump and just say well I wish I would have PR'd take the kilo PR and sit down like that you'll have another day you'd rather hit the kilo than miss it and have nothing.
0: Yeah, Yeah, build that uh, build the confidence uh, success build success
3: Well, I, I mean, agree. I guess a good thing we can say, James, is uh, I can add one little star I've only missed one snatch in the last two years so I, if, if we're gonna go, I'm 8 of 9 on snatch attempts in competitions in the last two years we don't need to talk about nothing else snatch, I am <laughs> 8 of 9 in the last two years, so that's 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 consistency. That's what we talk about: consistency.
0: And I have it with that. There we go.
1: Snatch specialist. Yeah.
3: That's what you are, snatch <laughs> specialist.
0: True. Well, you know, I I talked about this with somebody, and uh, how you have to be a little delusional in weightlifting. <laughs> um, you know, if you want to, uh, if you want to be good, like let's go on the technique side. You know, if you're if you're doing something in technique, for the most part. You know there are exceptions to this rule, um but you want to focus on what you're doing right, and you know if you got to change something, focus on the change. Um, don't focus on what you're doing wrong. You're like, oh, I keep throwing my hips forward. I'm going to think about not throwing my hips forward. Um, and that's <clears> you kind of you kind of run into some some issues. So pretty much you have to be a little delusional and just not focus on any of your flaws and just focus on the things that you're doing right and improve upon them. And, you know, with a little bit of direction from a, uh, from a coach, you'll do well with that. And then on the big picture, you know, if you get discouraged and, uh, about something and you're always focusing on something where you fell short, you got to be a little delusional and you just got to blot it out of your memory and, you know, focus on the good things. Um, and then that keep you, uh, keep you going back for more and then it then it applies to this situation too you know if you're uh you're, you're going under a snatch and you think you can't do it um what if you're like going under a snatch and like oh this is easy i got this you're a little delusional so then you go after these pr attempts and then you make them um so it's it's worth lying to yourself or being a little delusional and weightlifting um to an extent
3: <laughs> i think that was while I agree with everything you said, I think that was perfect timing. I said I went eight for nine. And you're like, yep, yeah, let's be a little delusional here. Good job. You can snatch, but clean and jerk your trash. And you said it in so many words, James, but I will fix it. One day I will learn how to clean and jerk.
0: Yeah. So there you go. Just be delusional. You know, you feel, feel good about the snatch. Uh, and uh, you know what to improve on clean and jerk. Don't uh, Don't think about the misses. You think about uh, the makes that you're going to make in the next one.
3: Which is yeah, re- weird, especially with me. If you look at my percentages, my percentages tell you that I'm good at clean and jerk of the my snatch percentage to my clean and jerk. It would tell you I'm good at clean and jerk. And somehow that just doesn't add up. Well, um, the consistency at those numbers is the difference. I'm consistent at 97, 98% on snatch. And then for clean and jerk, that consistency stops at like 91, 92%. So this then it may just not looks be, off.
1: This may not be the best habit,
3: but I've been in the um, habit
1: of overshooting. So like I'll go on that day and be like, oh, I'm going to clean and jerk 175 today. And then I'll hit 160 oh, and be like, oh, that's 98%. So, you know, it's a still good day. I didn't hit 75, but 98%, I'll go home happy. Same thing with snatch. I'll be like, oh, I'm going to snatch 135 today. And then I'll only hit like 124 or 125 or whatever. And that's See, like 90%
3: i I've thought about this every day since I posted it last week. When I do this local meet, I'm probably going to go in there and snatch 130. So I'm going to go 130, 144 on my opener. No, that's disrespectful. I have to go 145. I'm not going to have a green. Uh, I have to have the green plate on at least. So I'm going to go 130, 145 and pass on my clean and jerk attempts. I'm going to snatch 90% of my clean and jerk that day and get out and just go to nationals that way again. Like that's. 130, 145. It's going to look disgusting on the board, but it'll get the job done.
1: you got to pull a Tatum. That was Tatum's first meet.
3: (laughs) So uh, it was, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you were at how yet. We had a meet and I just, my forearm was acting up. Also, why I use straps when I snatch now because my bicep, I kept screwing up my bicep and I hadn't done a meet because before that it was my shoulder. So I had to do a meet to qualify for American Open. And I hadn't snatched more than like 65 kilos in a month and a half because my forearm was always bothering me. So we opened me at snatch at 90 kilos. Mm, I remember that. <laughs> You're right. Open me at snatch at 90 kilos and I only had to put up like a 200 total. So James is thinking 90 snatch, 110 clean and jerk. He'll be fine. That's it. Well, I snatched 90 and then I was kind of mad. I'm like, I just took 90 like that was lower than my first. Opener for my first comp ever, but we knew why I was there. So took 90. And then I think I came out at like 105 for the second attempt. And then James is thinking that's that's it. And Jacob was coaching me. And I looked at him and said, put 117 on the bar. And when he went up there, I remember James looking over at me like this isn't a good idea. And I purposely did not make eye contact. I'm like, I'm taking 17. (laughs) I I wasn't gonna look at I'm taking 17. Hit 17, yeah. but then I opened my clean. And I was jerk. running
0: the cards, right? <laughs> so then I, just, he, they came over and they told me these numbers. So I'm running the cards, you know. So I see these things firsthand. So give oh, a yeah. context to that story. Oh, that was
3: great. So then I took the 17, and, and I knew it was a, a bad idea. And I knew James wouldn't approve of me taking that attempt. But boy, when I caught it, I looked straight at him at the table. I'm like, yeah, I can, I can still snatch, I'll right. survive. And then we opened me at Clean and Jerk at eighty nine kilos. Snatch one seventeen and opened my clean and jerk at eighty nine kilos just to secure it so I could go to the meet. Then we were good.
0: Yeah, one of those American Open Series totals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's all it was. Yep. I clean and jerked eighty nine. And then sure enough, everybody was being extra in their cheer real loud in the back for me to clean and jerk eighty nine kilos. Like, yeah, we did it, guys. We did it. And then we were done.
1: Well, yeah, imagine working at Imagine working at U and seeing that and having to upload that into the system.
0: Oh, I had to. James <laughs> had to upload
3: it into the <laughs> system. Oh, yeah. Tech Director. 90, and I was like, 105, 117,
0: 89. I've like seen it again. And I still had that same reaction, George. <laughs> Just shaking my head as I'm typing those numbers in, you know. <laughs> so, you know, whatever, whatever works, you know. Yep, that uh, was-
3: I think I no, I did come out for one more clean and jerk. I did come out for one more, but it was a massive jump. I went eighty nine and then came out at forty one, and then hit forty one and then left it because my bicep started to hurt and I didn't want to tell him. So, mm. yeah, yeah, that's
0: took yeah. a second attempt, scratch on the third. Like, all right, we're good. All right. So my uh my first meet, I opened up at a hundred. I made it. Um, walked all over the platform something crazy uh and then i went to 115 and uh made it walked all over the platform and then i went 125 and i made it um I, it was probably terrible technique but i just <clears throat> muscled it all the way up and then i went uh 125 on cleaner jerk made it and then i went like 137 and i missed it twice in the jerk um my second meet i went uh <laughs> Oh, what did I do? I think 115, 125, 137, made them all. (laughs) Then I opened up Clean and Jerk at 135, made it. Then I went 147, made it. And then I went 157 and I missed it. (laughs) Yeah, that second meet was what I qualified for nationals with. So then my third meet, I went to nationals. That's how different the qualifying totals were. So yeah. I taught, I qualified for nationals with a uh two eighty four as an eighty five kilo lifter. The first time I, I qualified I was in the A session.
3: Oh no, I went in the A session. First time I qualified, I had a two sixty five I needed two sixty five as a seventy seven. So that's where it was I mean, it was years ago, but that first year I went five for six. I went one twenty snatch, one forty five clean and jerk, and that qualified me for nationals. And I I remember because I qualified for nationals and I didn't go because I still felt like I didn't deserve to be there because I just felt like I wasn't good enough yet. I'm like, ah, yeah, I qualified, but I'm not good yet. Don't go. So I didn't actually go that first year. So speaking of
2: qualifying totals, I have a question about that. So for at a 96, to qualify for the series, I think (laughs) it's like 221. Mm -hmm. Nothing crazy. But for finals, it's like two ninety one, and then for nationals, it's like three hundred three. Mm-hmm. What? Why is there such a drastic difference though between the series and finals? I can kind of see why, but like, it's a lot. It's a seventy kilo difference right
3: there. Well, you need you need lifters to get in. You need people to start weightlifting and to experience meets. And if they kept all the totals at two ninety, I mean, think about how many people come to finals you're not going to have as many lifters. And then you have a lot of lifters that feel like 290 is too far. So they don't even try. They think that that's a whole other world, but maybe once they experience the Arnold and AO two and three and they see it, then they'll just keep working because they're getting a little bit along the journey.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's the idea is that stepping stone meet. Uh In my mind, that should be a state championships, but um, agreed. It's a, it's an American open series.
3: I, I do feel like they should raise those the same way that they raise everything. Because, I mean, before they used to raise, oh, well, we were just talking about national totals going up. They used to raise nationals every year before the Arnold, like a kilo or something. It wasn't a massive jump, but they used to raise it. And they haven't raised the national totals in a while, which is also why we have like eye sessions at nationals now.
0: Yeah. People just keep getting better. Mm-hmm. And they keep hitting the qualifying total as they raise it,
3: which is the goal. Like, that's, it's a good thing. The more people you get to, hit higher numbers is always good. So they need to keep bumping up those totals to force people to keep earning it. Like we had to do before.
0: Yeah. All right. It seems like George is having some technical difficulties. We better, uh...
3: Oh, Oh, James, there, there was one request. I, I did snap a few people and ask them if they had anything they wanted to talk about. And Sean wanted to hear about your beard routine because it's fire recently. So do you have anything that you can help the people out with that beard routine?
2: Hmm. Wait, hold on. First, uh, first, 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 first. Hey, if for anyone listening, some people, hey, man, you gotta be real for yourself. Some people can't <laughs> grow beers, man. <laughs> and you have to accept the fact.
3: I you know, I think that's kind of messed up that you look at me when you say that. I tried my best, damn it, and I just couldn't be Tatum. No, I'm looking at myself, man, because I can't grow <laughs> beer to say
2: that But it's a good thing I'm in the Army, because now I don't have to worry yeah. about it. I just have to shave every day, so.
0: Mm, yeah. Uh, so this is about six months of, uh, six months ago, I trimmed it at one inch and then I haven't really trimmed it since then. And, uh, I've been, uh, I've got a, uh, a beard comb that I got. <clears throat> so it's like a heated beard comb. It gets hot. It's like a iron and it, uh, that sounds fancy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I got it for, uh, my birthday, I think. And then, uh, it's probably since why it's just recent, and so then it's long, and then it uh, then it straightens it out and makes it not uh, just like a curly mess. And then, uh, then beard oil. And that's all it takes. I'm sure other people do oh, stuff better than me. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Beard, oh. beard balm. I have to ask. Do you shampoo and condition it? No, I don't wash it at all. Um, no, yeah, of course I do. we don't have it so we can't i I
3: don't i can't imagine just like gripping facial hair i can't do it
0: yeah yeah it's uh it's different um well i don't got it on my head so i get it somewhere else
3: i'm losing it on my head too so i'm really in the words of my best friend he's like you're gonna look like a fucking milk dud as soon as you lose all your head (laughs) because i i don't have enough facial hair to bounce out and whenever people want to talk about it they want to name oh well Look at uh who is the go to? They talked about the rock. I'm like, okay, I'm not big enough to get away with that. So let's let's start there. I can't do that. And I don't have enough facial hair to balance it out. So I'm just walk around looking like a milk dud. You got another two years of this and then it's going. Like look at that. It's, hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah no, that's looking pretty just, rough, my friend. Just yeah. embrace embrace it. It's uh, it's going. Well, we were talking about that first nationals I went to. I uh, I bent over and my, my wife took the video and I saw the video after the competition when I was snatching and I said, how did I get chalk on my head? <laughs> Jeez, she, she goes, that's not chalk.
3: <laughs> oh no. So, that's your scalp." <laughs> yeah, well,
0: there you go. That was uh,
3: mm. Yeah, no, I, I saw mine in videos too. Yep. Uh, that's I'm seeing videos and I'm like, man, this is I didn't realize it was shiny. Like it's, it's shining in my snatch setup. What the hell is that? And well, when it goes, it's gone. I'm not going to rush it, but boy, I'm not going to hold it on. I'm not going to hold on to it either. Like when it
0: goes, all right. Yeah. Just embrace it. It's part of gaining wisdom. (sighs) Uh, all right. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, (laughs) all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, This is the first episode that we're going to try to put on YouTube. We'll see if it even works. Um, So if it's not on YouTube, you're just at the normal podcast uh, spots. So thanks for listening or thanks for watching. And um, you guys got anything, uh, any closing words? I got nothing. uh, You guys better ball out at the Arnold. I'll talk to you guys after that. Yep. We're heading out on Wednesday. All right, check us out at houseofweightlifting.com. All right.